Welcome to the Athlon Sports Coverage Podcast here on AthlonSports.com. His name is Mitch Light. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow us on Twitter at AthlonMitch, at Braden Gall. Week 4 preview edition. We'll get to our starting 11 picks against the spread. All that good stuff here on this particular podcast. However, Mitch, we need to start with an apology from you. because It's the not list, an apology. I'm not apologizing. The, the listeners were clamoring for the Week 4 preview podcast. Listener. Normally they come out on Wednesday. Um, we are a day late this week and therefore not going to discuss the Thursday night game. And um, I feel like you owe an apology to uh, our audience for... For being Jewish? Yeah, for being born. That's all. Just okay. just being born. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, why would I apologize for being... If I wasn't born, then there would be no Cover 2 podcast. Or you'd be doing... That's true. I would be... No, I would still be talking. It's just by <laughs> myself in a room The somewhere. Cover 1? <laughs> <laughs> It's a single, it's a single high safety look, um, okay. and it's just me in a closet and you're talking to yeah. myself about the Mountain West football, but but like old Mountain West football, okay, like Utah, TCU, Black Boise football, State. Maybe? No, 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 okay, just but Mountain West. Um, so y- yes, you you do. Uh, we do apologize to our audience for not getting this preview podcast to you sooner. Um, Mitch was busy fasting and stuff. I wasn't um, fasting for the Jewish. Um, I, I, am I allowed to say holiday? Yeah, it's a Jewish holiday, but so you it's said, a holiday. You, but but it, you don't celebrate anything on this holiday. You don't celebrate Yom Kippur. You celebrate Rosh Hashanah because it's the Jewish New, New Year. Year, right? But you don't sell. It's the Day of Atonement. It's a very solemn day. Oh, okay. So I atoned for my poor record against the spread. <laughs> that, see, that's better. This is what we're doing is trying to help people understand other people. Since I don't sin, I had to atone for something, and it was pitching, just your picks against the spread. The Tennessee only thing to you cover. Do. 33 it, against Utah. It's, the only, that was a it's sin. the only thing you sin. It's the only thing you do wrong in life is pick yeah, is pick poorly against the spread. That is coming up later on the podcast. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Can't wait for that. Uh, all right, our starting 11 in week four. I but find this. We do have another exciting development. Oh. Uh, we have a first time ever, I think, Cover 2 correspondent. We'll have we'll have Cover 2 podcast. We'll have a correspondent in the field this weekend. Okay. We will get a report, a detailed report back from the Duke NC Central game. You've been wanting that, right? Um, of course. Yes. My daughter Zoe will be at Duke, and I asked her if she's going to the game. She said, well, we're tailgating. I'm not sure we're going to the game. This is the one where she thought she was going to a Duke North Carolina game, <laughs> yes. and it turns out it's North Carolina Central? Details. Okay. So we will have a correspondent on the field. Uh, yeah, but you can't even back. confirm that they're, she's actually going to go into the stadium. No, I cannot confirm that. Can you force her to go into the stadium? Well, she doesn't have a ticket. I don't like, do I want to give her an extra $30 I would, to buy? To, if a ticket company app would like to sponsor the podcast and get Mitch Light's daughter a ticket to the Duke NC Central game. I think there are a few still available. Uh, then that then you could do it for free. Probably she should want. I mean, Quentin Lewis stepping in for Daniel Jones. There's a lot to like there. Quentin Harris. What I say? Quentin Lewis. Quentin Lewis. Thaddeus. Thaddeus Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> I'm getting my Duke quarterbacks mixed up. They're all so good and talented. Well, some of them were. It was a heck of a win over Th- Baylor. It, it, it was. All right. Would you like? A, would you like to get to our? Starting eleven. So you're starting eleven, and I just kind of agree or disagree. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just and then we have a lot it's of other a games. Good, it's There's a, good, a lot of games. Like I, in my starting eleven, I do not have Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. I do not have Michigan State, Indiana. I do not have Arizona State, Washington. I do not have Boston College, Purdue. There's running. a lot of other really good games to talk about. So we'll get to those uh, a little bit later on. Uh, I am going to work. I don't have FAU, UCF in my starting eleven. It's a good one. It is, but there are a lot of great games. Now, here's my number one theme this week: home dogs. Home dogs. You'll see the theme throughout this entire podcast. A lot of teams at home. A lot of teams in under. Slight dogs that I like to. Right? There's a lot of home dogs. Well, between 2 and 14 points. There's okay. a lot of home dogs. Uh, Missouri, for example, 14-point underdog at home. Um, Kentucky, a 10-point underdog at home. Uh, Wake Forest, eight, 7 or 8-point underdog at home. So we'll get 
against good teams that are competing for for playoff spots. So we'll do a lot of this. All right, number eleven in my starting eleven. I'm going to work backwards this time, just to see how people like it. I think, see how it feels. I think that's the way you should. That's why I asked you last time. Yeah, just to see how it feels. Okay. So number eleven, and this is a lot about brand, and it's a lot about somebody stomping on a big brand in their league to sort of show their strength and their might. Two of the greatest football programs in history are going to do battle. It's not probably a close game, but I am interested in it, and that is the Michigan Wolverines at home against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Adrian Martinez, questionable game-time decision. It would be much, much better game if he is back in the f- on the field of play. Yeah, like, so Michigan needs to beat a good team to, like, get its critics, doubters off its back, but will that be accomplished this week? Probably not. Like, it'll look good, it'll sound good if they beat Nebraska by 17 points, but Nebraska right now is not a good football team. No, but I think but a, they need a 45 to 17 win over Nebraska, it, it, it calms things down. A right. bit. Michigan needs to it flex. shows that there's still a lot fight left there for Michigan. They need to flex their muscles and frankly run the football. What happens? Uh, this is they've run the ball very well in, against two bad teams. Hypothetical: If they win 21 20 and look just yeah, like do we just continue? Do we are we are we jumping off the bandwagon? Or are we just saying? Oh, oh I'm never a- ever leaving. Okay. I'm in that tree outside <laughs> his house for the rest of his life. One and eleven. I'm still Jim, there. Still believe you. Still believe in Jim Harbaugh. So, I will go down swinging on that one. Yeah, I will die on that hill. They Jim need, Harbaugh Hill. They need to play well. They need, they need to win and look good doing so. Uh, got some really big news in recruiting this week. So they've done a really great job in recruiting, uh, despite all the negative stuff. Although I will say this: Jim Harbaugh has toned it down, and I think it's orchestrated. I think it's strategic that he has toned all of the nonsense on the recruiting trail down significantly. And it's all about focused on the team here, focused on winning. So uh, I like Michigan big in this one. I just think that aesthetically it's very pleasing, Nebraska at Michigan in the big house. Sure. And, again, if Adrian Martinez plays, it makes for a really interesting game. Now, I don't – I should have looked this up, and I was going to ask someone. A lot's been made about Nebraska's attrition at quarterback. Like, I'm assuming they have a backup quarterback. Like, because Bunch is a – Yeah, walk-ons. I'll walk on. I, I suppose. Like, yeah, yeah, they don't like, have any. They have one scholarship quarterback on. Right. I, yeah. yeah. So I like. I, I. I don't know how deep their their depth chart goes with like freshman or sophomore walk ons. It's just like if if there's some more injuries at that position, how Michigan big. But I just am fascinated by the game. Uh, it just from an intrigue standpoint, I appreciated it. Number ten on my starting eleven as the countdown moves along, the Florida Gators at the Tennessee Volunteers. There are three other. Let me make sure I'm counting correctly here. Three other SEC East games ahead of Florida, Tennessee. And I really do believe it's probably the only time in the, in, in my era of covering college football, which goes back up to about 2005, it's the only time that I can think of where Mississippi State, Kentucky, Missouri and Georgia, and Vanderbilt, South Carolina, all three are not only more important but maybe more interesting than Florida, Tennessee – uh, Florida Tennessee carries a lot of weight for both programs. My question to you is, what is a what would be a bigger story for you, a Florida loss or a Tennessee win? What's the what's the bigger story? Are those the same thing? Well, the, it, w- w- what would be the bigger? I, I think Tennessee the winning story? is the bigger. If story. that outcome happens, what's the bigger? Oh, half that, of that if, equation. If that, I think it's the I think it's the Tennessee win. Matt, you could argue both points. It's it's a big game this year because of the first two first-year coaches. I think it's 
I don't know. This is revisionist history, and you might know more than me. If Tennessee really wanted Dan Mullen and acted early, could they have had Dan Mullen? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think I, I think they tried pretty hard, and they had him almost all but locked up. But as soon as Chip Kelly decided to go to UCLA, Florida moved, and Frost went to Nebraska. So even – okay. So they, they had him locked up to come to Knoxville. So that's what I'm saying. They, they It was close. I mean – Very close. So it's the type of thing where if they, they didn't get him, now he's at Florida. If Florida, who's – got a lot of issues, comes up to Knoxville and wins by three touchdowns and looks really well coached and really fun, which I don't think is going to be the mm. – I don't think this Florida – No, I think fun. this is going to be an ugly football game. That's so, why it's not higher on my list. Yeah, so I, like, I, I think it's, it's, it's a blow to Tennessee if they get – lose bad and get out – looks like they're out coached and all that stuff. So I, I think it's a big game for two first-year coaches that really need to win some support from their fan base. I mean, both both fan bases win, are in. Both fan bases are all in. I think the win is far more important for Jeremy Pruitt than the loss would hurt Dan Mullen. So I agree with you. I, I, I would lean towards Tennessee winning would be more impactful to Tennessee fans. A, they're not going to win another game for like a month. It'll really jumpstart the Jeremy Pruitt yes. era. Yes. Whereas if they lose, it's like he's still our guy, but we're still in rebuild. We're very yeah. clearly in rebuilding mode, which but, they are anyway. But the win against Florida helps. Uh, quarterback edge to Tennessee. Yeah, that's the silent. Not silent. That's like people aren't really talking about it. Jerry Garrett has been good, despite all their struggles. He's, he's not. He's not their issue. And they have skill players around him. Their offensive line is garbage. Ten, Florida's offensive line is garbage for different reasons. One's inexperienced and sort of inconsistently thrown around, and the other one's just not. The, the recruiting rankings just didn't work out. Florida's probably better on defense. I, I think Tennessee wins because they're at home and because oh, really? Garrett, and because Garantano's better. But I have no feel for this. I think it's a twelve to ten ugly Treon Harris type of game. Yeah, what was it? Was that the score? What was I the think score? It, yeah, 12, I think it was or twelve. Like that? Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be about which quarterback makes one big mistake. And I think Felipe Franks does. I would not be surprised to see Kyle Trask finish the game. I've got Florida on the road, but I'm with you. I don't have a good feel for this. No game. feel because Florida's weird. They they looked bad against Kentucky. Looked great against two inferior opponents. It's hard to yep. hard to take anything away. And, from and any. same thing with Tennessee. Looked terrible against a good team and solid against two clearly inferior opponents. Right, like the so. UTEP game, people like complained a lot, but you know, the, 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 what they fumbled the one or something. They, yeah, it would have been it would have been thirty one nothing had they not fumbled on the three inch line. Yeah, South Carolina at Vanderbilt, number nine on my list. Uh, South Carolina Vanderbilt, both two and one, both with losses to top ten teams, both with really high quality quarterbacks and some good skill players. Uh, now we got Derek Mason. Sparring with Brian Kelly in the media, which is fun, and uh, I, I, I'm really excited about this football game because of the quarterback play and the offenses. I don't know which team is the more complete football team, and I don't know which team benefits more from this game being at Vanderbilt. I think the quieter, sleepier atmosphere actually may help Vanderbilt, and I don't know which team is more complete. South Carolina, slight favorite. I think at the beginning of the year, if we if I had told you that Vanderbilt is the better, more complete football team, I think people would have kind of chuckled at that. But I don't necessarily know which one is better from top to bottom. Right now, it's hard to know if Vanderbilt's, def- Vanderbilt's defensive numbers are really good through three games. They're tied for third in the SEC in yards per play, which is a huge improvement. Now, they played two really good offensive group of five teams and a Notre Dame team, which we just – I don't think is very good offensively, but right. we'll, we'll find out. So that's what – but it's not like they played – an FCS team and a really bad group of five. Yep. They have played a top 10 team on the road. So they, 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 there's, there's, there's those that. stats aren't hollow. Exactly. Um, so if, if those, if that defensive improvement is real, then I think Vanderbilt's a pretty good, com, pretty complete team as in a, a bowl team again. If those numbers, if they, if they're not, then they might struggle to get right. to six wins. I, I think, think this tells us, this it's, game it's tells us. It's a huge barometer game for, for both teams because South Carolina 
Sure, they didn't look great against Georgia, but they, they first half they were down by seven. They had some things go against them, a pick six on a deflected ball. They battled, and they just got overwhelmed. I mean, it's not going to overwhelm them like Georgia did. I mean, it feels like South Carolina should be the better team. I don't know if that's true. And so I, I'm fascinated by this game because the winner, again, the race in the East is over. It's not about who finishes first. But don't tell me that second place doesn't matter to Mark Stoops at Kentucky or Derek Mason at Vanderbilt or to Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Tennessee's the only one I think that doesn't have a chance, to be honest with you. But second place in the East means a lot to South Carolina fans. It means a lot to Kentucky fans and Vanderbilt fans and Missouri fans. So there is still a lot of great football, interesting football games in the East. This is one of them because the quarterbacks are so good. And it'll be interesting to see. So it'll be a fun game to watch. I, 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 this is one of those where I really want to pick Vanderbilt. How do they respond to a tough road loss where they probably should have won the game? That is going to be the big psychological element in all of this. I think South Carolina is, in fact, the better team. I'll take South Carolina, but I don't feel good about that pick at all. I'll be a homer. I usually stay away from picking Vanderbilt for that reason, but I, I think this team, I like their mental state. I think they've got, they've got good leadership. I love Kyle Shermer's. Like, you watched him. Nothing went right in the first half, but just second half he was as calm as can be, yeah. and, and just he's got a lot of confidence. Uh, number eight, speaking of those Irish, Notre Dame at Wake Forest. Uh, the Mike Elko Bowl, although he's at Texas A&M. Okay. Um, I, I, sneaky good offensive numbers for Wake Forest. Sneaky good defensive numbers for Wake Forest. Wake Forest at home? Seven and a half point dog. This is where we'll fight. Like Notre Dame. The, the thing that Notre Dame's scores have been basically the same. Like almost 24 17, 24 17, 24 17. Basically the same for all three games. Varying degrees of co- level of competition. Now they go on the road for the first time. I think Wake Forest makes this a really good football game. The things that concern me about Wake, and you don't, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a huge proponent. Clough, you yeah, love Dave Claus. Love the Claw fans. Turnovers have killed them every game. That's what happens when you're a freshman quarterback. And, yep. and, and uh, Kendall Hinton is back, but is listed second on the depth chart. And I did not like the way they gave up the big plays to the Boston College offense. And Notre Dame's built a little bit differently, but they. W- they kept getting putting themselves in position to to make it a game a one score game and then they give up a big play. I did not their defense really didn't come through. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I like Notre Dame on the road. I, I just this will uh, we're still so early in the season that we're learning about things. I think Tony Jones needs to play a huge role for Notre Dame. I in thought he's pretty game. good. He's a pretty good player, but they need to get him the ball more and 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 be more committed to it because I think Wimbush looks to run the ball too too quickly too soon. They need someone else to get that offense going. I, I you know. Do they have guys? I think I, th- I do believe that Notre Dame's defense will be the best unit on the field, and will make just enough plays to win the game. I, I want, I really want to see Wake Forest because I think Boston College is good. I don't know if they're Notre Dame good, but I want to see what Wake Forest does against a top ten team at home. Like, there's a lot of moments this week. It's hard to have a moment in Winston Salem. It's hard to have a moment at Vanderbilt. It's hard to have a moment at, at some of these stadiums. Can we? I've, I have a moment. I almost texted you. Okay. A few minutes before kickoff last week. Can you have a moment on the road? It felt no. like that was an opportunity. You for, cannot have no. a moment on the okay. road. Okay. The moment is. I know what the moment is. Yeah. I just, it, the moment it, is where a, the home crowd carries you to a, an improbable victory. I thought, it was, I thought it was also just a program defining moment. Yeah, but it has to have a. You're the inventor of the moment. Yeah, I so invented I'm not the telling moment. you how to moment. It's a gif, not a gif. Okay. <laughs> when the inventor of the technology tells you what to call it, I'm done with the checking of the bags conversation. Exactly. Okay. Uh, I like Notre Dame's defense to be the deciding factor here, but I, I like Wake Forest and the points there. Uh, all right, number seven, and I, I really had no idea how to gauge this game. This game's a little high. My, my, that, I think I, think I had them aired, and I had them out of the top eleven and then you, altogether. And then I said, 
but you're the number two team in the nation, number three team in the nation on the road against a team that has consistently played well against you at home. Georgia Tech has always been good against Clemson at home. They've won like five out of six at home against Clemson. They've won neutral field games against Clemson the last time they played. Anytime they're not in Death Valley, Georgia Tech has been very good, including an ACC title win over Clemson. Except for the last time that Clemson went to Atlanta, in which case they dominated. This defensive line is not going to have fun against this chop-blocking, triple-option offense all game. I I felt like it had to be included because it was Clemson on the road. This is a national title contender on the road against a team it consistently has struggled with over the years, different players, I I get it, but over the years, against a, you know, Taquan Marshall's a good player. I I felt like it had to be included in the list, but I do feel like Clemson wins easily. Georgia Tech is 2-7 and in its last nine games against FBS teams. Clemson, Clemson's lost a total of seven games since the start of the 2014 <laughs> season. I don't have the data to back this up, but I know historically this is a good game. But I, I'm a huge proponent <laughs> of the option, and I just feel like when the option goes against just unbelievably dominant and athletic defensive lines, you just, it just gets they beat. get swallowed. Yeah, that's what happens. Like when maybe a good when I don't know a couple of years like Rice was good. And right, I remember they just went to Oklahoma once, and like they would try and do all this trickery, and they just had these dudes just waiting to swallow them up. And I know Georgia Tech's a higher caliber of athlete than Rice. I, just, I yeah. just think that Clemson's. I, I'm not, with you. The, the defensive line. I'm with you. I, I, I first did this starting eleven list, and I did not have the game in the eleven because I think Clemson's just going to roll. But I, we have to acknowledge that a top two or three team who's a conference favorite's going on the road against a team they consistently str- have struggled with in the past. Again, this was a and dominant a team that wins weird games sometimes. It, exactly, and this was a dominant performance by Clemson last time to Atlanta. So, uh, listen, I love Marshall at quarterback for Georgia Tech, but I think Clemson's defensive line, to your point, is just going to out talent the triple option. It will not. What I'm looking forward to, what I'm looking for out of this game, though, if I'm a Clemson fan, is don't lose any of those defensive players because Georgia Tech will go at your knees the entire time, and that that is going to be what happens there. Number six. Mississippi State at Kentucky. Throw your hand in the air if you thought this was going to be a big game in the East at the start of the season. Kentucky 3-0, Mississippi State 3-0. Nick Fitzgerald putting up 4 billion fantasy points per week. And Terry Wilson, great. I can't. This is one of my favorite individual matchups in the entire week. Kentucky's offensive line, very underrated. And Benny Snell running the football against future NFL players on Mississippi State defensive line. A great trench warfare matchup this weekend. If we're still doing our matchup segment, that's one of my matchups is too. We can go into more uh, as well. We can go into more. You can detail. do the details now. Um, no, that's it. I mean, basically, just a Kentucky team that that bullied Florida up front against a Mississippi State team, which has a couple of players that you know can play anywhere. Anytime we'll play on Sundays, Monday night occasionally, maybe a Thursday night game too. Saturdays later in the year, maybe potentially. Um, these two teams play every year. Like, they're their common opponents. I can't remember a bigger Mississippi State-Kentucky game. Wasn't there one on the road with Dak a couple of years ago where they were at Kentucky? Kentucky won it. McGinnis hit, like, a 45-yard field, walk-off field goal to beat them okay. last time I believe they were at. So, yeah, a, a really fun game. Mississippi State has been on the road already, and they dismantled what we thought was a physical Kansas State team. And that was a physical game. I watched almost every play of that game. That was a very physical game. And Mississippi State never even came close to backing down. So you got? Oh, I like Mississippi State, but I think it's going to be a battle. I I think it's going to be a battle. I think there's a lot of pride right now with Kentucky. And, again, I think one of the things that we talked about with Kentucky all all preseason was, man, this is a great offensive line, but who else is – can they get a quarterback? Well, if Terry Wilson is even halfway decent at quarterback, 
the offensive line is sort of unlocked to do its job. And, and this is a good offensive line. So uh, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Um, my question about Kentucky is more about stopping Nick Fitzgerald. That is the bigger issue here. I, it'll be fun to watch Kentucky's O-line and Mississippi State's D-line, but the question is more about can they stop Nick Fitzgerald, who has just been on a tear since coming back. Um, Kentucky, uh, 3.8 yards per play against Central Michigan, 5.4 yards a play against Florida on defense, and 4.8 yards per play against Murray State. Not particularly dominant numbers. So I think Fitzgerald's going to have a big enough day that that he wins wins the game and Mississippi State wins the game. He will clearly stress this defense like no one they've played. I mean, Florida just does not. No. Felipe Franks does not do the type of things. You're suggesting... Felipe Franks isn't as good as Nick Fitzgerald. I'm saying it. I'm not suggesting it. Okay. Going out on a limb. Yeah. So Kentucky has been okay on defense last couple of years. Probably, you know, bottom third, not not awful. I think they look like they have in recent years. Any more else? Any other com- conversation about this? Kentucky at 4-0 with a win over Mississippi State at home and a win on Florida on the road would be the, one two, hell of a start to the season. 2-0 with a road win already and a win over a preseason top 15 team. Pretty Feels like they've gotten up to some pretty good starts in recent years. And, but never undefeated, though. Yeah. They always have that Florida loss. This has been a different thing. And so we'll find out about Terry Wilson. He's going to have to make some plays. Uh, and the defense is going to have Mark Stoops. He's, are, he's already money. passed one, Ted. I, I don't want to act true. like he hasn't done anything. That's true. He played I, well at Florida. I didn't say he didn't. Texas A&M at Alabama, number five on my list. A blowout alert, of course, here. But, uh, again, this is – was Texas A&M's performance against Clemson legitimate? Was it just the moment? Or or, or was it legitimate? And it's even sort of if, just even – Even if they get blown out, it's still encouraging what they did against Clemson. No, I agree. But it, this Alabama team is almost to the point where you're just kind of like – like uh, they're winning their games by an average score of fifty-seven. Like, what are you nine. watching for now? With like, what to is it that you're two, looking two for for Alabama? pass on third down. Right. Like, what else? Anything else? Like, how many carries Najee Harris has? Like, it's not even. He's not even the most. Like, there are two boring Harrises that carry the football for that. Like, I don't even know. That's a good band name, the Boring Harris. <laughs> the, boring Har- <laughs> the Boring Harrises. I just like I don't even know what I'm watching for anymore because I don't think A and M is competitive in this game. And there certainly is stuff you can learn about A&M. How does Kellen Mond respond? What does the offensive and defensive line look like against Alabama? You, you know, Rodgers is a hell of a playmaker for them. Like, there's a lot of – Travion Williams. After there's this, a lot to watch for A&M. Right. But, like, I don't even know what to tell – I don't even know what to tell listeners about Alabama what to watch for. Like, what do you watch for? Patrick Sertan, that might be interesting. Can they, can they do better – True freshman, pass corner? defense than Clemson did against Kellen Mond in, in the game. Oh, that's super interesting, Mitch. Can they kick a field goal? That is the, maybe the only problem with Alabama. Is I, I no have a slightly uh, off topic. It's still college football. Someone you know. It's a college football podcast. Yeah. It is, no, it's a college football question. Okay. Someone you know, we both know, said on Twitter this morning something about there was some Kyler Murray buzz for the Heisman. It's like, come on already. And he listed all the Oklahoma quarterbacks in the past decade. <laughs> it's a system. They're system Landry quarterbacks. Jones, Sam Bradford. system quarterbacks, basically. So, like, then I thought, well, are Alabama running backs system running backs? Like, they're good players on good teams. Is it fair to call well, some I, system quarterback and but not Trent Richardson I, a system I, running back? I would argue that every single offense in America is technically a system. Yeah, so, you understand my question? Like, is it fair to call Kyler Murray a system quarterback but not call Damian Harris a system running back? Well, I think quarterbacks are I, I, I far get it, more yeah. um, like running backs are far more interchangeable with different systems than a. 
uh, a quarterback is. Like a quarterback, like Lincoln Riley or and or Mike Leach or you know whatever. Like I think that you know, and this again, I like you look at Iowa and Wisconsin and Michigan, and you go those systems are vastly different than what TCU was doing to Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like so, there's. I think the reason system applies to the word quarterback is because the the quarterback and the system. That it's, is such an important marriage. But it's also that the derogatory. Back, it suggests that the guy's not. Uh, no, good. no, right. But I and, and I would argue that every quarterback plays in every system. Like every system is a system. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Yogi. <laughs> um, but I, I just like is would Jake Bentley put up huge numbers at Texas Tech because he's in a system? Y- yes, yeah. I think there are inflated statistics. I think talent, success, all that stuff is different. I think that's varying degrees, and I think Oklahoma certainly has had great quarterback play. But Oklahoma should have good quarterback play because they're Oklahoma. And Alabama should have good running backs because they seven have good running backs. Yes, because it's Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Bama big. Bama big. Yeah, I agree. Tua is not a system quarterback. He could play in every system. Yes. That That's sort of what you are. Like, Jake Bentley could play in every system. Drew Locke could play in every system. Will Greer could play in every system. If they want to, if they want Will Greer to be a pro style drop back guy, he could do that almost as well as he could do spread. That's what makes you sort of a non. But Drew Locke's guy a guy that I think is in a good system for him because yeah. he throws a good deep ball and they take advantage of that. And opposing coaching staffs are very pop, very positive about the Missouri offensive style and scheme. I don't know if I don't know what Derek Dooley has done to that. Um, all right, number four on the list in our starting eleven: the Wisconsin Badgers and the Badgers against the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Hawkeyes. An homage to another podcast, in theory. Wisconsin Question. at Iowa. Question. Still, the West is up for grabs. So, okay. I still, even though there's some luster off this game, it is still a very important game and a great physical rivalry in the Big Ten West. Percentage chance that the winner of this game wins the Big Ten West? I'd say 83. <laughs> it's a very specific number. Yes. I've run the numbers a million times in my head. Um, I would say the same percentage chance as there are number of passes in this game. Four? 41. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a pretty high number. I yeah. mean, to your point, I think the winner of this has a huge leg up. Well, Wisconsin has a tough schedule. Iowa's schedule is not that point, much Point easier. also being, though, that Northwestern doesn't look very as good as we thought. Purdue doesn't, Purdue doesn't look as good. Nor- Nebraska. Nebraska. No, I, I think this is a huge game for both teams. That's why it's high on my list because I don't think people – I don't think nationally people are going to give this game as much credit as it deserves. They should. It is a very, very good rivalry game. Iowa has won games in Madison. It's not supposed to. Wisconsin has won games in Iowa City. It's not supposed to. It's just been – it's a very physical, good rivalry game. Two teams that play very similar systems on offense, similar styles. Um, I think Iowa might actually be better on defense. Than, than Wisconsin, and they're at home. Well, I mean, BYU last year. I like Iowa on the points. I do too. On the recap pod, I said, you know – BYU would average like 6.8 yards per carry against Wisconsin. Best, a lot best of like rebuilding. Yeah. They had some injuries too um, with Wisconsin. So you're taking Iowa to win outright? Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Okay, tell me why. Huh? Tell me why. Wisconsin, I, I fear Wisconsin's defense. You know, they, they did not – BYU is much improved offensively, but I still don't think they're scary. Squally Canada ran for like average like 9 or 10 yards per carry. I know Iowa isn't the running team that they were three or four years ago. In fact, they haven't finished in the top eight in the Big Ten in rushing in the last three years. But I think they will be more physical on the offensive line. I think they're going to run the ball, set up a little play action. I think they're going to have some success throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, I can't, I can't tell where Wisconsin is mentally. We'll find out how good of a coach Paul Christ is in this game. If they come out focused and and play their game, and what you they, expect? I mean, and they win and they win convincingly. Then I think we that's a, a sign of good coaching. If if they come out slow and sluggish, that is a sign that he did not get his team 
pissed off for greatness after a, an embarrassing loss at home. You, you have to respond if you're Wisconsin. Um, and that means Jonathan Taylor gets the ball 35 times. And what will probably happen is it'll be like 35 carries for like 110 yards. But that's what Iowa does to you. And so you have to be willing to take those three and a half yards. And then Alex Hornerbrook has to not suck at throwing the football down the field. And if they can do that, then I think Wisconsin can win. I don't know if they can do that. Yeah, I just think Iowa's going to run. They'll commit to the run, even if it's not successful. But both teams will commit to the run, 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 run. And then just to whichever quarterback can make some plays down the field. And I think Stanley's a better quarterback probably right now. I tend to agree. Um, I rank this game incorrectly. This is my first Ooh, error. Throwing a flag on yourself? It should be one spot higher. Number three on my list, TCU at Texas. It should be number two. TCU at Texas. Texas a three-point dog at home. Again, you've got Vanderbilt as a home dog winning outright. You've got Iowa as a home dog winning outright. Again, home dogs here. Wake Forest, home dog. Tennessee, home dog. Uh, I've got Tennessee winning that game. Um, Texas a three-point home dog against TCU. All that speed. I thought Sonny Cumbie called a great game for TCU. Still not enough to beat Ohio State. Texas, meanwhile, coming off a very, very needed and impressive performance on offense against USC at home in this game. This is a coaching game for me. The co- the better coaching staff will win this game. So you're picking TCU. <laughs> that is what the can you could you common sense would tell you. Could you claim that Texas's win over USC in the way they won it was maybe as important of a win by any team this so far? This yeah, year? I mean, yes. I mean, can you imagine what it would sound like in Austin if yeah. they were one and two? Right. This is a huge game for Herman to make take a step forward in winning his fan base over and well, winning, the, winning the doubters. And think about the coaching matchups, right? Yeah. You, you're going Sonny Cumbie, brilliant offensive Todd game Orlando. against Todd Orlando, another guy we think highly of. Tom Herman's offense, which finally seems like it's starting to come together with Sam Ellinger in that offense against Gary Patterson, defensive wizard. Uh, the, the coaching acumen and the matchups are, are just so brilliant to watch. Again, it should have been number two on my list. I apologize, Texas and, and, and you, TCU fans. You grew up in the state. To what, when did you move? Uh, I, I moved to Tennessee in 1997. So how old were you? So I, oh, middle school. I okay. lived in I lived middle school and freshman year of high school was in Austin, and then I lived in Dallas. I'm guessing that for the 89, folks 89, 80, 80, 88, 89, 90 was in Dallas. So I'm guessing the folks in Austin don't really like losing to TCU. They're probably not. They've lost four straight. TCU uh, has held Texas to combined 33 points. I think this is a Yikes. big mental for. For Texas, if they want to be back, and in our anonymous coaching in our magazine, they talked about the whole thing about Texas being soft was a bunch of BS. They're soft because they don't win games. Like if you win games, you're tough. Like this is a mental. If if they want to take a sort of chicken or the egg thing. Yeah, if you want to take a step forward in your Texas, you win this game. You don't get embarrassed. They've been embarrassed by TCU in recent years. I'm picking TCU on the road. I don't think big, but I think TCU's just better right now. I love the comment by the Ohio State players about TCU's team speed. Oh, yeah. They're fast, man. They're fast. Uh, I, I want to see something out of Trey Watson, Daniel Young, Keontae Ingram. I want to see the running backs for Texas. A big game for Watson. Show me something. that they, they need a star at that position. This is Texas. There's no reason that you should not have. When I was there, it was I watched Priest Holmes and Ricky Williams. Like I watched those guys. Like Texas should have stars. In the backfield. Yeah, they went out. At, at Trey Watson's back. a grad transfer from Cal. They shouldn't have to go to the free agent wire to, yes. get, to get their number one running back. Daniel Young's only a sophomore and Ingram's only a freshman. So I want to see those guys make plays, get the running back game going here. So what we'll do you find like? Um, I, I like TCU. I, I do. Um, but what I, time's this game? I don't know. Okay. That's what I should have told. I should have written that down. I apologize. 
to everybody. Everybody? Yeah. Not you. Okay, of course. Everybody not. but you. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah everybody but you. Um, we'll figure it out. Do you want me to look it up? Or no, it's okay. To, I'll, okay. F- I'll figure it out. I just... Because we're on the podcast now. Like, oh, we're talking. Yeah, this is on? live. Okay, yeah. and we don't. We leave everything in. Oh yeah. We don't take anything out. We Clearly, always leave it in. You listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, you all. We always leave it in. We we want it to be live. We don't want it to be edited. That's that's our goal. Um, no, basically, you don't want to edit it. Well, no, I don't. I think editing podcasts is a fake way of doing podcasts. Ooh. I look down on podcasts who edit themselves. Wow. Yep. Okay. Calling you out, podcasts. <laughs> Just all of you. <laughs> Um, George at Missouri, number two, like I said, should have been down a spot because I think Georgia's going to roll big and, Remember what and dominate. two years ago in this game? Georgia, convert, was a third down or fourth Jacob down? Jacob Easton had to throw a touchdown pass with like no time remaining to fourth, win that game. They, they converted a huge third or fourth down by like a fraction of an inch there. Missouri has only beaten Georgia one time. That was in Athens the year they went to the SEC Crushed championship them. game. Uh, they scored 40, 48, 47, 48 points in that one. Um, I don't know where an individual matchup indicates that. Missouri's going to win again. Win a matchup here. I don't know like, where one player is better than the Georgia player. Wide receivers, corners, no. DeAndre Baker, yeah. Jr. Jr. Reed. Reed, yeah. Um, I mean, here's a question: Who's the second best? Gun to your head, second best team in the SEC right now. SEC East. Okay, so if you say Missouri, this just shows you the gap between in the SEC. You have the SEC number one team on the road at the number two team. And it's two touchdowns. I, I honestly think Florida, Florida, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Missouri, and Kentucky are like even, and Tennessee's at the bottom. If they, if that's all, sort of how I feel, but that, I think they're all about the same. If that, if that is true, the SEC East is going to be fun. This because oh, it's going to be awesome. They all play I can't, yes, I can't wait to watch them. That's why these games are interesting. Yeah. South Carolina, Vanderbilt, but and because like Missouri, Kentucky, can't wait. <laughs> Vanderbilt and Florida, can't wait. Like I'm not saying it's going to be elite level football, but. The, the, it's going to be a great you race know it's second be like place. Big Twelve hoops. All, it's, all the team. You, you, you know, yeah. You know what it is though. Actually, it's it, behind Clemson in the ACC Atlantic. How important it is for Syracuse to finish second place, or Wake Forest, or Boston College. It's very similar. Like you're not racing for first. None of you are going to win the division. Clemson's going to win. Georgia's going to win. But what it would mean for these programs, NC State, or or in this case the SEC East, to finish second place and have a nine win season or something like that. It would mean a lot to Syracuse or to Wake Forest or Boston it's College or like NC State. A de facto, at least three year extension for any coach. Basically, I just think it, place. You're, you're, there are certain teams that are competing for national titles, and then there's a, a whole group of other teams that there are still lots of benchmarks to shoot for. Just because you're not going to win a division or a conference or a playoff sure. game, it's still su- it would be super awesome for for Kentucky to finish second place. It would, it would be, mean the world for Mark Stoops. So. Or Derek Mason, or whatever. So, or Drew, or Barry Odom, for that matter, a guy that was on the hot seat until the end of last year. You know they've won nine consecutive regular season games. Missouri, they have the third longest winning active winning streak in regular season games. They lost a bowl game in there, I think. Oh, but, but just don't mind that. Yeah, exhibition game. Tom Herman. Uh, I think Georgia wins by like thirty. Really? Yeah, I think they crush them. If they win this game by thirty, like. It's O V E R. Just cancel the season. It's over. Like, I mean, like, just book your tickets to Atlanta. Even though you don't have to stay there because you're driving from Athens. Right. You can stay, drive home. Although that would be dangerous after celebrating an SEC championship game probably. So you can celebrate an SEC championship game, but you don't want to celebrate Yom Kippur. I just want to be sure you got that. Okay. okay. So what do I do then on Yom Kippur? Just Alone think time, about, meditate solid. about my sins? Just just how you can be a better person. Just I do that every day. 
Okay. It's very easy. <laughs> There's a lot of room for growth. It's like New Year's Eve. That's for, it's, that's, a, that's amateur hour. <laughs> exactly. Number one in the starting 11, Stanford at Oregon. I By far, not even Ooh, by close. Far. Okay. Not even close. The most interesting and most excited I am for a football game this weekend. Not even close. Every second, I'm locked in. Fox. Justin Ebert. Uh, Justin Ebert versus... Um, Stanford and KJ Costello and the, the loves back. How good is the defense for Stanford? Can Mario Cristobal coach at all? These are interesting questions that we will find out answers to on Saturday night Stan- in Eugene Outson Stadium. Cannot wait. Is that the promo for Fox? I right? Cannot there? wait. Stanford's one of two teams nationally that's played three games and only allowed two touchdowns. Oregon has scored twenty-two touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns. For Something has to give. Although Oregon's schedule hasn't been very difficult. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think Stanford's defense has been one of the surprises in the nation so far. And they've played – hey, they played San Diego State, a good team, and USC, in theory, a good team who should have a good op- – They're at least a bowl team. Yes. Upper-level power five team. So, if you've given up two touchdowns Perhaps. and you've played San Diego State and USC, your defense has improved. All right. Not a lot of household names there. I, again, road dog. Oregon. I mean, sorry, home dog. <laughs> home dog. Sorry. Oregon, home dog. What is it, three? I've got one and a half. Okay. I just made that up. I didn't. Texas, Iowa, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Oregon. Something has to give. There will be two or three home underdogs that win these games. Is Oregon one of them? No. I like Stanford on the road. I, I also agree. I think there's separation in the north. I think it sets up Stanford and Washington. As separation argu- Saturday. As arguably the best two teams in the conference. And it sets up that matchup. Coming up later in the year. Is that a Thursday game? Thursday night game? Stanford and Washington? For some reason, I feel like it is. It might be. It was a Friday two years ago. But that doesn't. Way to market yourself, Pac-12. Um, Friday night. What kind of garbage is that? Um, all right. So, number one, Stanford and Oregon. Got a problem? What's your major malfunction on that list, that starting 11 there? Got a got a problem? Um, I just I think Clemson, Georgia Tech was too high. You defended it. I get it. That's fine. Um, Not particularly well. I think you should have thrown a little, uh, little P, uh, G five love on their little FAU. UCF. I want. I wanted. It, I, I'm really interested in that game. I am less interested in UCF than I feel like I should be. Does that make sense? I think I'm. Like, I feel like I should Florida really Atlantic be is really good or not. It's a great. I can't wait. Mackenzie Milton because they Lane just Kiffin, got overmatched against Oklahoma, which doesn't make you not a good team, but they. Only beat Air Force by six. Like, they were just beating the crap out of teams last year. And they – I don't know if they're not as good this year or, you know. So, I, I think UCF rolls in this one. I, I think they do, too. And that's partly why I, I I did not put it on my list is I think it's – I don't think it's going to be close. Um, Before we get to uh, – can I bounce bounce around some – Well, i got a couple bunch of games here. If you okay. I mean, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, I think is going to be fascinating to watch. Bowman threw for 600 yards as a true freshman – um, but I think Oklahoma State's going to crush them. So it's like I, I want to include Oklahoma that State's game. Much more balanced. Yeah, I mean I want to include that that game in this list, but it's like it's a it's like a sixteen point spread or something crazy. Corn, like corn dogs pissed at you. Oh, is he? Yeah, okay. just because you didn't put it in the top. Sorry, weapon. my apologies, corn dog. Michigan State Indiana is really interesting. Michigan State can't run the ball to save their lives. I like Indiana. Their defense uh, Indiana has really hasn't good. lost yet. Yes, they have. They no, lost. they haven't. My no, bad. They haven't. My, bad. my bad. My yeah. bad. Yeah, one by ten. One by ten at F- FIU. I need to bring my daughter. Audio. I'm going to record my daughter saying "my bad." I taught her how to say <laughs> really? "my bad," and so she like. And so she used to just drop things, and just everything she dropped, she'd be like, "Uh oh," and I'd be like, "Marin, you're doing that on purpose. Like you dropped your cup on the floor. Like you can't say uh oh yeah. when you did it on purpose." 
So what I've taught her how to say my bad. Right. <laughs> so she goes, my bad. Just I'm just going to record okay. that and start using it on the on the show. Okay. My bad. So I, my apologies. Undefeated Indiana. Undefeated, undefeated Indiana. They beat yes. Virginia and your Bryce Perkins-led Cavs. Oh, they're going to – Bryce Perkins is going to destroy Louisville. That's another oh, game we've got to talk about. Yeah, it, we, I mentioned it in the podcast. Do you think it's strange? I thought that we, I, we love Puma Pass for eight been, months. But All we did was talk. This is, you know what this is? I talked about this on the, on the ACC uh, Series XM channel. This is, Jer- this is the Jeremy Johnson treatment from Auburn with Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Where we just got sucked into the, the coach's like, public love of a player. Right. Like two games in, Bobby P's like, not nah, Malik Cunningham. Right. I, I'm baffled by this. I don't. I have not seen Puma Pass has been not been good, and the yeah. offense clicks when Malik Cunningham goes in the game. Maybe that's why. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of my conversation with my wife last night about a shower curtain. Okay, <laughs> how the Louisville quarterback situation is like my wife's shower curtain. This is you're not going to hear this on any other podcast. She bought a shower curtain to hang in our guest bathroom. We got the new house, and so she she bought it and she kind of put it up and she kind of sat it on the things. And I was like, so saw that you got a new shower curtain way to go. And she's like, oh, I'm not really sure. I go, how about this, honey? Um, hang it up and then walk into the room. If you don't like it, take it down. If you like it, leave it up. And she goes, huh, that's good advice. If the offense moves so took, with Malik Cunningham, so they took Puma pass down, leave the shower curtain in the game. It's not hard. That's how you should go about life. You don't Every know if the colors life. are that perfect or not, or if he fits the scheme. Or if so, the, how'd it look? I, I, she's going to hang it, and she'll decide. I or, can't decide for her. Okay, so you can't tell Bobby Petrino who to play quarterback, nope. and you can't tell your wife which. It's, it's pretty simple though. If you watch the offense and it moves up and down the field, leave that guy in the game. But what if you say, you know what? That was against Western Kentucky, and now we're playing Virginia. Mm-hmm. Not even a good Western Kentucky team, right? But he played the game before that too, and. And played all right. So, again, if the offense doesn't move with Puma Pass, and it does with Malik Cunningham, play the guy in which the offense moves. It's not a hard con- not a hard concept to understand. Um, Boston College which brings us Purdue. back to Michigan State and Indiana because okay. we never finished that one, I guess. I like Indiana at home. They got like- that good running back. I like him. Yeah, what's it more? I don't know any of their name. Like, I, I haven't yeah, seen – I have not – I will yeah. admit I have not seen any of Indiana yet. Um, their defense has been good. I mean, for, for years, it was all offense there. You okay there? Tom Allen has done a good job kind of changing the DNA a little bit. You don't yeah. want to completely abandon your offense, but they have been good. They've been pretty balanced. Yeah. Um, and a win over Virginia is nothing great, but nothing terrible. So we'll Beats find the out. Alternative. We'll find out about this because Michigan State has not been able to run the football at all. So I, I like Michigan State to win, but I – why? I would not just be surprised. Oh, just talent, coaching, et cetera. But I think, to your point, I, I mean, I think if Indiana can stop the run. Yeah, it's Mor- Morgan Ellison. That's the, the the Michigan State offense is No, it's not Morgan. That was last year. Stevie Scott, yeah. Because <laughs> Stevie Phillips at Ole Miss and Stevie Scott. I remember the emergence of two Stevies that uh, that were good. Not a lot. Uh, Arizona State at Washington. Um, obviously, the reason I did not include this one is because I think it's going to be a blowout. Um, Washington is the far better team, but... Let's see what Arizona State's got. Little bounce back here. Maybe they play well in in the loss. I don't know. Moral victory. I don't know. Yeah, when you got a quarterback, you got a chance on the road. Manny Wilkins has has been good. Good quarterback. Um, I like Washington too. Just just yeah, better. But big, big bounce. I mean, big game for them at home. You'd say, but big physical night game win at Utah. Come home against the team you're heavily favored, that they need to take care of business. Uh, we forgot to do this. I'm going to ask you about one more game and then get into the segment that we normally do, and we forgot to do it earlier. Boston College at Purdue. Um, I don't know why this is supposed to be an interesting game. 
but it feels like it's it is going to be. It's one of those if college football doesn't make sense, which it doesn't, Purdue should win because they're zero and three, and Boston College right. is three and zero. But Boston, I've been. I, I think, think BC. I think BC is. I, mean, I was late to line up. Late to the bandwagon. BC. There were some. There were some summer ban- Boston College. My Eagles out there, and I was late to the bandwagon. My Eagles. They're much improved offensively. I mean, the quarterback position. They're balanced, man. It's Jeff not Smith just AJ Dillon. Yeah, yeah. They, they've got some playmakers. I, got I like some dudes, them. man. Yeah, they, uh, more dudes than they've got. Had. Some dude. This is this is a. Like, show us your legit type of win, though, too. Like, go on the road, handle your business against Purdue like you did against Wake, and then get yourself into back into ACC play, and we'll see what happens. So, uh, All right, do we need to care? I forgot to do this list at the beginning of the podcast. We always do that, and I forgot because we were so busy apologizing for being a day late and a dollar short. Do we need to care? Tulane at number four, Ohio State. Willie Fritz. No. Army at number five, Oklahoma. No. I really I, wanted to find I, some intrigue yeah. in that game, but I can't. I, that's why I paused. Louisiana Tech at LSU. In-state rivalry? No. This would be very LSU to struggle, to win like <laughs> that's 21-14. True. That's true. A, a, an SEC West game with a 30-point spread. Ooh. Arkansas at Auburn. Do you know the numbers of uh, Miles on versus Arkansas? He's averaged like 40-something points. It's 4-1. and one. He, he, he pounds them. Yes, I can't imagine why. Um, yeah. I'm sure, his, I'm sure his wife's fired up about the victories. Um, this is Malzahn strange. Uh, number 10, Penn State at Illinois. Illinois has lost double-digit leads in their last two games. No, that's uh, Southern. I, I'm getting my games confused. What? You're getting the players confused? You're off your this, – this is your problem when you take a day off. This is what happens. South Florida has rallied from double-digit last two <laughs> nothing weeks. nothing to do with this. Yeah, it is because they, they beat, beat Illinois there. last week. So I got a lot of numbers in the head yeah, here. Okay. What's going on with you over there, man? Yeah. So, you getting old? Yes, I am. I'm losing my memory. Um, Good Lord. So, do you care? What's Penn your name? State at Illinois. I think it's game. Penn State needs to play well, flex its muscles, put up a big number. So, so a Illinois. road conference game, Matt. You, you you're not putting it in the do we need to care category. I, I no, I think we need to care. Illinois okay. gave up 600 right. yards to South Florida. So if you're Penn State, you want to roll up a big number. Number four, 13, Virginia Tech at Old Dominion. Old Dominion's bad. Big, yep. Yep. big disappointment this season. Yep, I agree. Uh, FIU at number 21, Miami. You might hear more about this. I think I picked not okay. not here. I picked FIU to cover. Spread was a little high. FIU is decent. They made, okay. made Indiana. They, cro- a they bit. put up a bunch of points on uh, UMass. Mc, on UMass. Uh, that was an easy lock last week. McNeese at number twenty five. BYU. BYU's ranked. Mm-hmm. They're two and one. They lost to Cal. Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, 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 don't care. Uh, all right, you want to bounce around some more, or should I just rattle off some games here? Um, Kansas at Baylor. Interesting. No. Puka Williams, I, I I was corrected by a Kansas fan, a listener. Thank you. Puka is not a junior college transfer. He's a true freshman from the state of Louisiana. You know what? David Beatty is 2-0 in his career when Puka Williams gets one carry. His record went, is <laughs> it's like 3-95. This is like, this is like saying Puka. Blake Bortles has more wins against the Patriots than Tom Brady. Did you see what Bortles' facts did? I love Bortles' did facts. Did you see what he, his tweet, Twitter feed did? Mm-mm. He changed... It still says Bortles Facts, but he changed the logo and the name to Tennessee Titans and announced that the Titans are canceling the game because they're scared of Bortles <laughs> and they're moving on to week four. four. What do they have, like 377 yards, four touchdowns, and a win over New England? Washington State at USC on a Friday night. That's intriguing. Yes, very. I don't know who's going to win. I'll go with USC. But uh, Washington State, hey, the post-Alex Grinch era, they've been very good on defense. Okay. 
Buffalo at Rutgers. Arizona Buffalo's at Oregon favored. State. Buffalo's favored. I know they are. Akron at Iowa State. Uh, I like Iowa State. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh at North Carolina. That's a legit football game, sort of. Yeah, North Carolina was... Uh, NC State at Marshall. I think Duke, that, and, Duke and Syracuse are both going to go to 4-0, which is a cool story for both of them, because UCON and, and North Carolina well, Central are very good. Well, the Duke UNC, uh, That's the Duke true. NC Central game. NCC? Yeah. All right, what other games you got? Um, That's all of them? Well, you got, I mean, you, you got a lot of them going. Yeah. You, can, them. Wait, wait, Kansas State, West Virginia. Did that even come close to your... It did not even come close. Okay. You think just West Virginia rolls? I think West Virginia's going to kill them, but I guess you're, it probably, I guess it, they're at home. I don't know. It, West Virginia. It deserved a mention. Oh, you're right. You, you owe that game an apology. I apologize. Okay. To, um, to the Bill Snyder family. Yeah. Stadium. And the stadium. And the family. Uh, Tulsa, Mostly just the, 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 the Mountaineer who gets DUIs. I, I apologize to him. Tulsa at Temple, well. which is tonight or last night. Did you see the news broadcast in, no. in Philadelphia? This is, this is how important Willie Fritz is. The newscast in Philadelphia, whenever previewing the game, put up the Temple logo oh, alongside yeah. the Tulane logo. That's, yeah. Not the Tulsa logo. And this is two nights in a row they've done it. Yes. So they didn't even fix yes, it. They didn't fix it. So. Ohio with Cincinnati. It's respect, actually, it's bulletin board material. I like Tulsa to go win. Yeah. Luke Fickle. Seven points. Lay the points. Might owe Luke Fickle. I was kind of ripped on him last year. They were terrible. Mm. 3-0 this year. They've been very good. Their defense has been good. They host Ohio in a little regional rivalry there. They that should have a good about. defense. Yeah. They've been recruiting very well. They recruit well. He's a defensive guy, and they're playing in the AAC. He should be good on that they, side of the ball. Last year, they weren't a good football team. Uh, yeah, well. uh, does Navy at SMU do anything for you? It kind of does. I, SMU should be better. They should be better. Yeah, they've been bad. They've had a tough schedule, but yeah. they've been bad. Two schools separated by – okay, see if you can guess this. These two schools are separated by 50 miles and two spots in the most recent Athlon Sports 130. Well, I don't know what that means. Um, they're separated 50 miles? One of them's 130. The other one's 128. <laughs> they're separated by 50 miles. Well, it can't be UTEP then because UTEP is really far from everything. It is UTEP. Oh. UTEP and Las Cruces. Oh, cross the border? Yes, a border war. I didn't realize Las Cruces was that close to Texas. It, it, wow. It, it's just throw out the records when wow. team 128 versus I think they should. I think they should play in uh, Juarez. <laughs> just cross the border and just have the two of them neutral play every site. year in a neutral site. They should play three times since they're so close. Once in Juarez, once at each home. It's a pretty dangerous home field advantage for Juarez. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um so, but uh, I don't know. It could be. I didn't know they were that close. So you learned something. Yeah, there you go. Good stuff, yeah. Mitchell. This I is like a uh, a great game that very few people will will think it's a great game. But Eastern Michigan Chris at Brayton. San Diego State. Oh, that's very good. Nine of Eastern Michigan's last ten losses have been by seven points or fewer. I mean, they got to get over the hump and win some close San games. San Diego and, and Ypsilanti. Those two. Where would you rather live? I mean, San Diego. I'm gonna go San Diego. <laughs> okay. I had to think about it. Yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay. Strange. I'm sure there's a nice museum somewhere in Ypsilanti. Strange game. Nevada at Toledo. Nevada's yeah, second trip. Weird. Nevada at Vanderbilt. Nevada at Toledo. Just That's weird. Yeah. Kent State at Ole Miss. I, I wrote that one down. Okay. You wrote it down. But yeah, you, but I didn't mention it. Okay. Um, Air Force at Utah State. Mountain West opener. Yeah, you're starting to lose me here. Okay. I'm, just, you're, I'm almost you're, done. You're running out of good teams I'm to talk all, about well, or even mediocre ones. Troy at ULM. Don't rip it. Not a bad Sunbelt game. I didn't rip it. You were thinking about it. <laughs> uh, no, you say Troy, and I say, okay. Okay. I say ULM. Yeah, I say, uh. Matt Viator, good coach. Mm, I okay. like him. Okay. 
All right, picks against the spread. You were you're six and nine, or what are you? Um, three and nine. Um, something that's not good, but I atoned for my three and six. You're three and six. Okay, right? Because we picked three games and we're entering week four. Yeah. Um, it's good math. So last right, week, to, last week to recap, I had Ohio State minus twelve and a half, lost by half a point. Yuck. Tennessee minus thirty. If they would have scored from the one inch line, I might have covered. And FIU destroyed UMass as a four point favorite. Okay, who you got? West Virginia minus sixteen versus. Kansas State. That's why I didn't talk about it, but okay. you're right. I should have mentioned that. I apologize to Bill Snyder family and the Mountaineer. Okay. Western Michigan, minus seven over Georgia State. I like a team that can score, put up like 500 yards in Syracuse. To, to 621 yards. Yeah, okay. I thought it was that. Uh, you know what was hot in 1966? The Mustang and the Beatles. I wonder how many Syracuse players knew that the, what the Beatles were when he... You you heard the post game rant, right? No, I did. Oh, Dino Babers went on a screaming tirade in the po- in the in the uh, locker room, like a good one, like a okay. good cel- a celebratory oh, okay. tirade. Like first time since is that? Yeah, what yeah. He, okay. he was like, you know what we haven't done? 1966, back when the Mustang was hot and the Beatles and like, I want to be like, how many kids on your team came up to you afterward and said, Coach, who are the Beatles? That's what I'm. That's what's scary. James Franklin was big on that. He would always have a list like that's first win since or, yeah. for you know. Well, he's got stick for everything. Yeah, he's got and, talking points. And then my. Uh, Ball State minus three over Western Kentucky. You're going deep here. Yeah. Ball State minus three. All favorites, always a smart play, Mitch. No, it's not. <laughs> no, that, that was sarcasm. Oh, it was. Okay. So, okay. there we have it. I like a lot of these home dogs. Um, I like Iowa plus three. I like Tennessee plus four and a half. I like Wake Forest plus seven and a half. I like Vanderbilt plus two. Um, I would stay away from Missouri, Oregon. Kentucky, I can't decide. It's a lot of points at home for Kentucky. Ten points. I feel like Kentucky will cover that. I just think there's going to be a lot. There's going to be some upsets that we're not that we don't think is going to happen. So it should be a fun week. Week four. Um, no idea which games are going to be great, but there's going to be some some great games. Anything else? Parting shots? No. Give us a full scouting report on who the uh, J. Juan Williams versus Brian Edwards matchup because I don't think he can cover Debo Samuel. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Debo in person. He's a fun guy. Yep. He is. They've always, whether it's uh, a, uh, who's the one who's in the NFL now, um, Farrell Cooper. They've always got the kind of undersized yep, yep. guy. That's why I don't think, the, I don't think, for those that don't know, Jay Juan Williams is a really high-level cornerback for Vanderbilt. He's probably going to be an NFL player. I don't think he, I don't think they put him on Debo Samuel. I think they put him on a, Brian Edwards. Because he's a big, he's 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, six, yep. And so I think that, that will be a fantastic future, and two future NFL players. So. Yeah, Brian Edwards is is really, really good. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, my fantasy team agrees. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. I can always tell you seem to talk a little bit more no, about I don't. Play. Oh, and then it comes out there on your fantasy team. I don't, uh, no. I, in, fact, in fact, I'm saying that Debo Samuel's the better player, and that's why the Williams has to play against Edward. You, you didn't follow that whole thing. Yeah. I, no, I understood what we're, you were talking about. Commercial. Saw, yeah. We're going to commercial break. We are? Okay. Yeah. We'll be back in 30 seconds. On Monday. Monday. Okay. Unless there's another Jewish holiday. Not are there any I'm more? Aware. There is one Sunday night Sukkot, but I don't need to miss school for it. So we're good now. School. Work. My kids miss school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'll see you in Temple. Uh, my name, his name is Mitch Light. My name is Braden Gall. Follow him on Twitter at Athon Mitch. You can follow me at Braden Gall. Uh, tweet us all Saturday. Just and if you see Mitch on the television during the South Carolina game, tweet your thoughts on what he looks like. Okay. So if I he went, wears a visor. Please ridicule him on Twitter. Please. I, I went visor. I know. In it's, South Bend. It's bad. Commodores are two zero without the visor. Go out. Go no viber. No visor or viber. Either one. All right. We'll be gone. We'll be back coming up on Monday. Enjoy week four, everybody.